So, I have in a box right here on the platform the most popular Christmas gift of this year. This is the gift that will be given more than any other gift this year. Anybody want to guess what's in here? It's a car, right? No, it's not. What's in here? Anybody know what's in here? It's not a Hatchimal, because if it was a Hatchimal, I'd already sold it on eBay for about $300, all right? It's not a Hatchimal, all right? So inside, the most popular gift this year is this. A gift card. Uh, Like, it's not any fun, right? Gift cards will be given more than anything else that's an actual gift this year. And here's the thing about gift cards. There's a promise in a gift card, right? Like, if I give you a gift card, it's to a store. I mean, you you know, whoever it was that came up with the idea to put them in, like, grocery stores and Walgreens, I just want to thank them publicly for making our lives easier. Can I get an amen in the house of the Lord tonight, right? I mean, who would have thought it'd be cool to get a Cracker Barrel, an Apple Store, and Bass Pro Shop gift card all at the same time, right? But you can do that now, and so people buy gift cards. Here's the problem with gift cards. Do you realize that last year, over a billion dollars was not spent on gift cards given at Christmas? Over a billion dollars is laying in somebody's purse... In a drawer at home, in between the seats of your car, in the back of your wallet that you forgot was there. How many of you in the last few weeks or in the last couple of months have found a gift card somewhere and like, oh, I forgot I had that. Or when did I, how much money's on that, right? We found a stash of Toys R Us gift cards. Now, we don't know where they came from, probably a birthday party or something, but we found a stash, and we had to call on five cards, and we had ranging from full credit to 34 cents on those cards, right? But over a billion dollars was unused. And here's the thing. If you are given a present, and you don't take advantage of it, it's on you. Gift cards are symbolic for our lives. Because what we're going to talk about tonight, just real briefly, is that in Christmas, we have an offer that we can either take advantage of, or we don't. There's a promise in Christmas that we must come to terms with if we're going to be honest with our lives about the way that we live. You see, people love Christmas. Christmas is the most celebrated holiday from a Christian perspective worldwide. Part of the reason they love that is because in some ways it seems so innocent. It's a child. It's a baby. It's a family on tough times. And it's a celebrated birth that offers peace and joy and hope. But if you don't actually use, accept, the promise of Christmas, then it's like you've got a gift card sitting in the drawer that you'll never take advantage of. If you have a Bible with you tonight, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1. If you don't, this story is very familiar, but Matthew chapter 1, it'll be on the screen here in a moment as well. And we're going to talk about the promise of Christmas, because here's the truth. This is kind of a a crazy thing, all right? Christmas is the most promised event in the history of the world. Now, in Christian terms, in the Bible terms, we call it prophecy. And there are over 700 prophecies about how, where, to who 
the circumstances, the results, the name of Jesus being born, over 700 prophecies from a couple of hundred to thousand years before he was actually born, telling the circumstances of his birth. It's the most promised event in the history of the world, and it is checks off every mark of prophecy in the Old Testament about how it happened. And as we look at it, I want to ask the question, well, if it was promised, what's the promise for? Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, says, The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. Because the first thing an angel always says is, don't be afraid. Because everybody is terrified. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is with the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son and they will name him Emmanuel. Which is translated, God is with us. When Joseph got up from his sleeping, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but he did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son. And he named him Jesus. The story here in Matthew really wants to point out the big point of Christmas. And one of the things that I want you to make sure you understand and get tonight is this. One of the big points of Christmas is this. God keeps his promises. I mentioned over 700 promises from over several hundred years and he keeps his promise. Now, specifically, he talks about a promise here where Isaiah is talking to some people and he is telling the king of the nation, hey, don't make an alliance with those people because the virgin over there, she's going to give birth. And when she has a child, before he is able to tell right from wrong, God's going to deliver you from them. But it was also a foretelling of a time when God would send a person who would come into the world and deliver his people. And people were told that prophecy 700 years before Jesus was born. One of the things that Christmas teaches us is, even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it doesn't seem like it, even when we question it, God keeps his promises. Maybe today you're waiting on a promise of God. Something that you were just like, man, I I thought this was going to come true. I thought this would happen. And in that in-between time of waiting, you're wishing and hoping and wondering. If you get nothing else out of this, get this. God keeps his promises. Well, the question is, well, what are his promises? Well, so what does that mean? And it gives us two right here in the midst of this story. Two, and it's in the names that Jesus is given. The first one is Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The first promise that God makes and delivers in Jesus is that he would send one who would save us from our sins. You see, we need a Savior. Every single person in this room 
has done something in their lives. I say that as if it's happened a long time ago. Today, you've done something. That is not in accordance with what God would have you to do or be. You've said something, thought something, done something. And honestly, I rarely have any problem convincing people that there's something in us that needs something greater than us to save us. I mean, you can work all you want at trying to be good, but you'll never get good enough. We need a Savior. Modern uh, theologians said if, uh, if our biggest need was physical health, God would have sent a doctor. If our biggest need was financial control, God would have sent an economist. If our biggest need was entertainment, God would have sent an actor. If our biggest need was to make sure government ran well, God would have sent a politician. But our biggest need is our sin problem, and so God sent a Savior. And if you're here today and you haven't accepted the gift that God has offered in the salvation of your life, forgiveness of your sins, guilt wiped away, The promise of Christmas is that it is still offered to you. The second thing that God promises is not only will he save us from our sins, but the second promise is just as amazing. He says, and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, the big point is that God keeps his promises. And the first thing is God will send a Savior who will save us from our sins. And Jesus came. And we know in Scripture that Jesus lived a perfect life. That he died on the cross. And that that death on the cross was a payment for the penalty of your sin. For my sin. For the sins of those who would believe. For the sins of those who would say, listen, I am committing my life to you. That he gave his life as an atonement for sins. But he says, that's not all I promise. Because I promise that not only that, but that my son will become a man and walk among you. And that my spirit will live with you. Man, I love Christmas. I always have. But you know, Christmas changes as you get older. When you're a kid, it's all about what you're getting. Right? What's under the tree? What's there when you wake up on Christmas morning? What's under those packages? We, we, uh, now, part of this is because of our lifestyle and just craziness with four kids in school and Susan working and me here at the church. But uh, part of this is choice. We don't wrap gifts till the last minute because they would drive us crazy asking about those gifts, touching those gifts, shaking those gifts, being around those gifts. Because when you're a kid, it's all about what you're getting. Now, when I was a kid, um, our Christmases were special at our house. My mom and dad were both, uh, we were middle class, they were both factory workers, and so we didn't have a tons of money. But my dad somehow, now my mom would shop all month long, hit every deal at Goodies and Pebbles, that's what we, that's what we had in Dyersburg, alright? We didn't have fancy stores, alright? She did every deal from the month of, from the day after Thanksgiving till December 22nd, and then she would be done, it'd be wrapped and under the tree, and I could hear her tell dad, we're done, we're finished, I got everything taken care of. And my dad, on December 24th, when he got off work at the truck shop at Colonial Rubber Works, would go and shop for our gifts. Mom said, we don't need anything else, and he's like, I'm going shopping. My dad loved it. Now, I know we're Dyersburg, so it's not like going to the big city of Rivergate Mall here. In the middle. Anybody been to Rivergate this week? Well, that's fun, isn't it? All right. So, like, it's not like that. I mean, we're talking about like high-end stores, like Sears. All right. 
And so he would go and he would buy these unbelievable gifts. And we always knew that whatever was wrapped weirdly in paper that didn't match everything else was going to be the best gift, right? And we'd open gifts like, Mom, thanks for the socks. I really needed the coat and the gloves. Thanks. And then we'd get to Dad's gift and Dad always delivered. Right? When I was a kid, it was stuff like this. It was like uh, He-Man's Castle Grace Skull. It was awesome, right? Stuff like that, all right? Or like, what's, what's next up there, John? What was, oh, oh, yeah, the Nintendo Entertainment System, right? Just awesome stuff. Or when I was a teenager, there were these two boxes in the back. I didn't know what they were. And it was a Pioneer home stereo system with... Get this, dual cassette player with fast copying cassettes and a six-disc CD changer that would shuffle. I didn't hear any oohs or ahs, but I should have, right? I mean, Dad would come through. He, the reason he bought this particular system is because he was in Sears and the guy turned it up so loud that it shook the windows. And Sears and Dad said, i got to have that. Dad just sold that system to somebody else. And I'm working on forgiveness, alright? We're working on that, alright? But that was, like, Dad always came through. So when you're a kid, it's all about what you're getting. But you know what I've discovered as I'm getting older? It's really not about that anymore for us. It's more about who you're with. And Christmas has changed from what am I going to get? I mean, I'm, I, I know this for a fact. Some of you don't have a single present that you don't know what it is under the tree. Because you bought it and you wrapped it and you wrote it from somebody else. Okay, I know that. It's not about what you're getting. It's about who you're with. And the greatest promise of Christmas is this. That for God, it's always been about being with us. And that no matter who you are, or where you're from, or what you've done, you're never alone. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you cash in the gift card of the promise of Christmas, you'll never be alone. Let me ask you a question. Have you done that? Have you cashed in that gift card? Have you accepted the offer that God has given you in Christ for salvation from your sins? And one who will walk with you every day. If you haven't, today's the day. It's real simple. All you say is, Lord, I've tried this on my own. I can't do it. I know I can't do it. I don't have any way to do it. And I need a Savior. And I believe that you lived a perfect life, died for my sins, and rose again from the grave. I have trouble with that sometimes, but I believe that. And I want today to trust in you. And allow you to change my life. It's that simple. If you're here today and you've never done that, today is the day. If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, but man, just life, even Christmas gets in the way of following him. Can I just ask you to do a couple of things? First of all, is in the new year, it's almost New Year's, like a week from today, we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. Before that, right now, for Christmas, just decide to follow Christ. Decide you're going to do it. You're going to set aside what needs to set aside your schedule and all that stuff. And you're just going to follow Him. Because to claim the promise of Christmas, you must decide to follow Him. And you must decide to trust Him. No matter what happens, understand He's with you. And He's going to guide you through. 
What's the Lord asking you today? If you're a guest, I mentioned on the way in that we had a thank you for joining us card. And there's a thing on the back of that. And if you're a church member and you want to mark this, that's fine. And and we would love for you to do that as well. But on the back, under your name and under your email, there are a couple of places you can mark. And one of them says, I'd like to talk to someone about following Christ. And maybe you're here. Maybe you're not sure. Maybe there was a decision you made when you were a kid or you haven't really known. and, And you'd like to just say, man, I'd like to talk to somebody. I'd like to talk to you as the pastor or somebody about what it means to follow Jesus. You can mark that. And then there's another place underneath you can get more information about Goodlitzful. And here's our invitation today. We're not going to have a formal invitation here at the front because we're going to move into our candlelight in just a second. But I don't want you to leave here with an unused gift card. So as you leave, I want you to think about that. I'm going to pray for us in just a moment. And in that moment, after that, if that's something you would like to talk to someone about or you would like information about, I'm going to ask you to mark that. At the end of the service today, when you leave, as you walk out to my right, um, on the right, there's a door open back there. There's going to be uh, a man back there, Tom, that's going to be back there. He's going to be giving out homemade cookies to anybody that brings one of these to him. Okay? We just want your information. We'd love to be able to tell you we're thankful for you were here. But I especially want you to do that. Not for the cookies, because the cookies will last for a little bit. Maybe not until you get in the car. They may be gone, all right? But if you've made a decision, especially to talk to someone about following Jesus, I want you to check that and take that back there because that's an eternal decision. One other little thing about that, and then we're going to pray. I mentioned these gift cards. They don't have anybody's name on them. And so one of the things that we're going to do is if you are a guest and you turn this in, we're just going to draw one from each service and somebody's going to get a gift card. We'll email you about it and send it to you. All right? Just an incentive to let us know you were with us. But most of all, we want you to deal with whether you've accepted the promise of Christmas. Would you pray with me?